Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast for this first week after Easter Sunday. I hope that the good news of Christ's resurrection, proclaimed on Easter morning, brought you comfort and hope as we look forward to recovery and new life in our country, as we continue to cope with the global pandemic, which has disrupted so much in our lives and caused so much loss and suffering. This week, we continue with a story that recounts events just after it was discovered that Jesus was not in the tomb and his disciples struggled to make sense of some reports that he had been seen alive. The story that we're about to hear gives further witness to Jesus rising from the dead and helps us to understand what his rising means for our lives. This reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now, on that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was one, the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he had interpreted to them the things about himself in all of the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, He walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Here ends the Gospel. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 
I can't help but think that if Jesus were alive today, he would be a Willie Nelson fan. Well, except maybe for the dope smoking, heavy drinking, and carousing. He could relate to one of Willie's most famous songs, On the Road Again. Jesus and his disciples were like a band of gypsies wandering the roads of rural Galilee. Instead of telling his meaning-packed stories through the words of a sad country song, Jesus spins his tales into parables that the farmers and the fishermen of his day could understand. They were traveling minstrels, teaching about hard times and love and the meaning of life. After Jesus' death and resurrection, he heads out on the road again. He's walking down the road to Emmaus, a small town outside of Jerusalem, and he overtakes two of his disciples who are walking along in deep conversation about how Jesus had been betrayed, tried, crucified, and buried. Put yourself in their position. They were trying to come to grips with Jesus' death. Just like us, when a friend dies, we are sad and struggle to make sense of it. We ask questions, tell stories about their life. Jesus inserts himself into the, their conversation and asks, What are you guys talking about? Strangely, we are told that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, a lot of ink has been spilled by biblical scholars over why they couldn't recognize Jesus. One idea that is that his appearance had changed after the resurrection. A similar thing happened to Mary Magdalene. When he appeared to her at the tomb, she didn't recognize him either until he spoke her name. Another theory has it that they were all in shock. It was completely beyond the realm of their experience that someone who had died could come sauntering down the road again. Or maybe these two disciples had not met Jesus in person. Jesus' disciples extended beyond that close group who traveled with him. There were no photographs, so they wouldn't know what he looked like. And he probably wasn't wearing a name tag. Of course, that couldn't explain why Mary didn't recognize him. There could be many reasons why, as the Gospel says, their eyes were kept from recognizing him, including that Jesus, in his power, somehow disabled their sense of recognition. We just don't know, and we never will. As we'll see in just a moment, why they could not recognize Jesus was beside the point. That discussion leads us away from the truth of the story and the lesson it conveys. It's more important how they finally did come to recognize him. So let's not get detoured. Let's us get back on the road again. One of the travelers, whose name was Cleopas, is incredulous at Jesus' ignorance. You haven't heard about the things that happened in Jerusalem? Now Jesus is just playing them. What things? he asks coyly. Cleopas takes the bait and launches into the whole story of Jesus' betrayal, trial, crucifixion, and burial, and then how a group of women reported seeing an angel at the empty tomb who told them that Jesus had been raised from the dead. 
they also confessed their disappointment that Jesus evidently wasn't the Messiah who had come to save Israel like they'd hoped he would. Jesus uses the opportunity to give them a little lesson in the Hebrew Scriptures, specifically the Hebrew prophets. After rebuking them for their lack of understanding and faith, he reminds them of how all the prophets, all the way back to Moses, had predicted the coming of a Messiah. That Messiah, he said, would have to suffer before entering into glory before God. His implication was that he is that Messiah, and the events that they had been talking about had been the fulfillment of prophecy. But they failed to make the connection, and they still don't make the connection. Spoiler alert, they're about to. They reach the village, and it seems that Cleopas and his friend have taken a liking to this interesting fellow who has just joined them on their journey. So they invite him to have supper and spend the night, probably at a roadside inn. When they sit down to supper, Jesus takes over the role as host. He takes the bread, offers a blessing, a not unusual Jewish custom. But do you remember what Jesus said during his recent Passover meal with the Jewish, with the twelve before he was crucified? He said, when you eat this meal again, remember me. It was as though Jesus was reenacting that meal. At the, that moment, his identity was revealed to them. They did remember him. And then, poof, he disappears from their sight. But now they get it. They start talking about what had happened on the road. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? And they're so excited that they abandon their travel plans and head back to Jerusalem that night. There they find the 11 disciples, remember Judas was dead, who tells them that Jesus had been there too and had appeared to Simon. Then they shared what had happened to them. The reality of Jesus' resurrection grows. He would appear again. But let's end our episode here. I see a parallel from the way we react to the risen Lord to the way those two guys on the road reacted. I've led a lot of Bible studies in my day, and in them we've spent a lot of time talking about the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. And well, we should. This story provides the center of the Christian faith. It is, as the saying goes, where the rubber hits the road. What do we talk about in those studies? Well, first of all, we talk about the events that occurred that weekend in Jerusalem. We tell the story of how Jesus was betrayed by Judas. We hear how he was taken before the high priests and Pontius Pilate, is handed over for crucifixion, and finally is tortured on the cross where he dies. Then we read the story of the burial and the discovery of the empty tomb and his post-resurrection appearances. We read these stories as they are told in different versions in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then our questions begin. How could the Son of God, the Messiah, with all his power, suffer and die? What really happened at the tomb, and why couldn't people recognize him? Did Jesus really come back from the dead, or is the resurrection just a metaphor? And eventually, we get around to the question about where Jesus is in our lives. We've never really seen him. And all the while, our study group sits around in a circle, scratching our heads, 
Jesus sits at our midst, shaking his, in disappointment with us who don't recognize who is sitting with him. I can almost hear him say, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. This begs the question, how do we who are foolish and slow of heart experience the risen Christ? My answer, in very much the same way that the disciples on the road to Emmaus did. We experience the risen Christ when we sit down and share a meal and break bread with him. Now, Christians call that particular meal we share Holy Communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Table, or the Lord's Supper. And Roman Catholics refer to the bread served at the supper as the host, just like Jesus took over the role of host that day on the road to Emmaus. He hosts the communion meal. It's his supper. He's not only at the table, he's at the head of the table. And when the bread is broken at our communal meal, suddenly our eyes are opened. Christ appears to us in a flash and then disappears from our sight. In that brief moment, however, those who have experienced that revelation are changed forever. There is no doubt. Christ is risen, dwells, and lives among us. We get it. This story can help us understand Jesus' presence in a broader sense than just in Holy Communion that takes place in a church. The risen Christ occurs to us in community, which, by the way, is related to the word communion. As Jesus himself said, Wherever two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. Going back to those Bible studies, I'm always amazed at what pops up when we gather together, when we're in community there is not only strength in numbers, there is creativity and inspiration in numbers. The Holy Spirit works not only in us, but among us. Insights arise in our gatherings that are impossible on our own. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. As Paul said, you, as a group, are the body of Christ. This is fundamental to the foundation of the church. We are the body of Christ. After Jesus had left the room, the two men think back and realize that he had made his presence known in another way. They said, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Here's another hint for us who want to experience the risen Lord. Turn to scripture especially the Gospels and the Prophets. The Gospel stories are like a living organism. When we enter into the Gospel stories, we truly can experience the risen Lord. And when we hear them in the context of the Prophets and other Scripture, our hearts burn within us. Where and when will you experience, or have you already experienced, your road to Emmaus? It could happen in the breaking of the communion bread one Sunday morning in a church. It may occur when you have a communal Bible study together or just when you're talking with friends. It may occur in the study of Scripture and prayer as you travel down that road. 
Yes, Jesus is on the road again. He's traveling down life's highway with each and every one of us. I hope that you meet him soon. God bless you and good day.